Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The Post Analog Podcast. Hey, thanks for tuning in for this week's show. But before we get started, I want to thank our sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from pro and college basketball to UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Go to the website on your phone, join and receive 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use your promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag is where the game starts. Yeah, post analog podcast with. So have we settled with NQS versus Rilo or just Nathan? Yeah, Nathan. NQS, you know? Okay. Um, I'm still Charles or Charlie. Yeah, exactly. So I don't care. Yeah, nor do I. It's just names, you know? Right. We're just two solid dudes just trying to put out some good vibes in the world. Before we even get started, uh, the topic of this podcast is for songs, because we're Gen Xers. in the 80s that helped mold our brain and musical ear, right? For sure. But the interesting thing is, you've experienced this and I've experienced this. Uh-huh. It's millennials and Gen Zers who listen to our show more. Yeah. It, Isn't I, that interesting? We were trying to... Yeah, yeah. Appeal to our generation and right. they're all on our shit. Yeah. Do you think like kids are just seeking not necessarily more content, but guidance? For for your case, for your for for your friend, I think, ironically, I'll give you one easy example in the fam. So some of Cynthia's cousins that are younger, they're twenty somethings. Uh, they're exposed to let's say uh, the hip hop of our generation in the form of now TV shows coming about these artists. So right now, you know the Hulu series on Wu Tang. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen it. It's, no, it's fucking awesome, dude. Is it's, it? It's, it's wait. It's is it reenactment, dude? Okay, I, I, I am. I hate reenactment. No, no, no. I know exactly where you're going with this, and I was the same way, and Cynthia even more so than me. When we heard about this show, it's a reenactment. We watched one episode, not even. I think we watched half an episode, and we tapped out. We're like, nope, nope, nope no, we're not doing it. It sucks, you know. And then one of her younger cousins was like, no, like seriously, cuz, like give it a chance. It's solid. So then we're like, all right, let's give it a second chance. Once we started watching it again, dude, it's a very faithful reenactment. I mean, every single detail they nailed. The Rizzo's producing it, Method Man's producing it. All the Wu-Tang had nine guys who want their story told correctly Mm -hmm. all have input in this show. You know what I mean? So every single detail, it's, I mean, the, the gear they're using, records, making beats, it's solid. And then it's done by this guy directed by Jim Jarmusch. Um, who's like one of the producers and that dude's been around forever and he's a super sick, creative, talented guy in, in, in his own right. But anyways, the moral of the story is with the younger people, they're watching things like Wu-Tang. So they're like, who's Wu-Tang? I only know Drake, you know? And then they're watching this and then they're like, damn, early hip hop was sick. And then that becomes like their gateway drug into our generation's music, you know? 
You know, I had a lot of reservations about the NWA mm-hmm. movie mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, this dude kind of looks like Dre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not really. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Easy, you're really going to be Easy, and then you're now you're going to convince me of having Ice Cube's son play Ice Cube? Yeah. No. Uh-huh. No, but I I may not give it room just because of time. Like yeah. I haven't seen all I do is listen to podcasts and produce for people. Yeah. So I'm more of like an audio consumer now versus something visual. Visual, yeah. Like I love Neil Brennan uh-huh. as a uh, comedian. And for you who's, who's listening, Neil Brennan is a critical part of the Dave Chappelle show. Mm-hmm. He's like the Batman of the writing and Dave Chappelle's the Batman of the on-air talent. Mm-hmm. And he has a stand-up um, on Netflix called Blocks. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. Uh-huh. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But I haven't even finished it. And I love uh, Neil Brennan. Brennan. Yeah, so you are an audio consumer. Right. Yeah. So, and I didn't even, I only consumed it by listening to it. I wasn't even watching, I was just playing it on Netflix. See, and I think with the Wu-Tang stuff, I, I like it because I do like the cinematography too. It's not just, I like the group. I like the, they have a great story. But the way it's shot in the cinematography, it's it's awesome too. Ah. So that's why I, obviously I'm a photographer and you know what I mean? Like, I love visuals, you know, so... You know, it's like, but you know, if you ever get around to it, it's actually pretty solid. So you have a younger daughter. And my thing is like, uh, you had mentioned, which kind of raised my eyebrow in a good way. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, she listens to Cali Uchis. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Dope. Yeah. Great. Mm -hmm. Some of Nathan's genes has spread. Yep. You know? Which, by the way, it looked like you had sex with yourself and pumped out a baby. Because sin, I mean. Yeah respectfully towards sin but yeah. she looks like your kid yeah for sure and no, we joke, no, di- no 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 she knows sin would agree she's like i think maybe she got my earlobes that's about you know everything else is on me she has a smile from sin because i've yeah. seen some of the stories that sin will post uh-huh i've seen C- cynthia smile like that yeah yeah it, it's it's uncanny yeah because i'm going oh that's sin's facial expression yeah but that's it yeah like, that's all me. Like Jeremy's uh, wife uh, is half white, half Korean, uh-huh, Jackie. Uh-huh. Like her kids look like Jeremy's kids. Okay. Yeah. They look white. Yeah. Yeah. And, but then again, you know, the kids are three quarters white and a quarter Korean. Yeah. But um, like Jackie's a babe, right? Mm-hmm. Good looking chick. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, they all look like Jeremy. And, and Jeremy's a good looking dude. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, Mr. Fucking White Folk. Yeah. Pimp in the 90s. But um, yeah, it's interesting because with, with your daughter, I don't have the pressure of, oh, she has to like all our golden era stuff. But at least I, I feel like someone like Kali Uchi says mm-hmm. a continuum of like Erica Badu, yeah. um, when bugged out Badu, yeah. not R&B Badu, yeah. like yeah. bugged out Badu. Yeah. So that's, that's great to hear. Yeah, dude. So to the topic now, mm-hmm. the 80s to me, and I'll go for like, Maybe 45 seconds. The Go 80s to me is more unique because I'm 47. You're 47? Yes. Okay. So we've experienced the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, the 2010s, and mm-hmm. we're now in the 2020s. Yep. So comparably, I feel like the 80s, as I've assessed before we recorded this pod, uh-huh. I think had the most unique um, discovery of art. Yep. Because it was still unknown. Mm-hmm. 
whether it's film from the 70s, like The Godfather, then there's like these movies like Back to the Future. People are really experimenting yeah. here, mm-hmm. right? So I feel like the 80s, everyone's going to think their time is unique. Yeah. But I look at boomers, Gen Xers, I think homogeny is now reached if you're born like in 2010 and on, mm-hmm. maybe even 2000s and on. Yeah. But the 80s was so unique even to the 90s and to the 70s. Yeah, I'd agree. You know, so what's your interpretation of your upbringing in the 80s? Like a general scope, doesn't have to be specific. Yeah, no, I I think the 80s, you know, if you look at it from the societal aspect, it was a great time economically for the country. So everybody was doing well. Like you could have, for instance, my dad at the time was the only one working. My mom was an at-home you know, like stay at home mom, my dad had a job in a warehouse. It wasn't anything like special, but it was enough that we had a house. We had a car. We, you know, we'd go on vacations like that income back then was enough to uh, sustain in a whole family. So most people were doing well in the eighties. And because of that, everybody partied their ass off. It was just good fucking times, you know? And I think a lot of the art and music and everything that came out of that era reflects that and that's why i look on it fondly because it was just a a great time to be alive that's it i mean we're doing well everything was good you know i was looking up other documentaries Uh like there was the michael jordan basketball Mm -hmm. last dance and you think about it that time when you were saying partying yeah the players were drinking and doing coke oh yeah i mean everybody was it was a party decade you know like the roaring 30s or whatever 20s um people just were having a fucking blast dude you know aids yeah that's how much people were partying yeah seriously cocaine fucking a lot of sex a lot of great music um i mean what can you say and they had money in their pockets so quite possibly uh a you can't even there's so many synonyms no adjectives to describe the 80s because it was the era of discovery. Yep. And there was a separation of sound. Yep. Like, this is before rock rap came out. Yeah. People were knocking Prince because it's like devil sex music, mm-hmm. where a lot of people preferred Michael Jackson. Yep. Because he was like, you know, that Motown yeah, child. Mo- yeah. That came about. So, uh, do you have three songs? Sure. Okay, I'll start with mine if you don't mind. Go for it. So, um, with my background, I, I pretty much say it's the Philippines, New York, the strongest influences. Okay. Okay? So, um, the, the thing with music is, like what we said to our um, post-analog first season episodes... Mm-hmm. You and I did not get into hip hop right away. Nope. It was because you also grew up in England. Yep. There was a new wave. Yeah. Sound right. Pet Shop Boys, Duran Duran, Ongo Bongo. Uh-huh. Absolutely, and and remind me later mm-hmm. to say my point about music listeners from the eighties. Okay. That makes them supreme. Okay. This is very get off my lawn. Mm-hmm. So um, this song is by the group. Um, Orange Ecstasy. Okay. Or the group is called Orange Juice. Okay. It's called Rip It Up. So I'm showing Nathan the visual. I mean, but just the sound. Yeah. Sick. 
Which, by the way, mm-hmm. in the 90s, that's the same acid synth that blew up like Daft Punk and yeah. post-acid jazz. Remember that? Yep. that that term? Yeah. Uh-huh. It got revived like 12 years later, Damn. which is pretty amazing. Bugged out yeah. sound. This is oh, I never heard this. That is here's, here's the hook coming up. Here you go. Hand claps. Love hand claps. Look, uh, look, the guitar. It's a dance guitar from yeah. the 70s. Yeah. Riding the rhythm. Yeah. And, and honestly, man, I don't know if you'll disagree or not, but like something about the 80s, people were intent on putting something out to party. Yep. To compliment your point. Yeah. And to sound happy. Yeah. There was all... something about that. Yeah. No, for sure. That's what I love about it. It was a party decade, period. And, and interestingly, like, my uncle took me to watch 48 Hours. Oh, shit. With Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte. Uh-huh. Tons of fuck shit words. Yeah. He took us to the first, we experienced our first McDonald's drive through What the It was heck? such a foreign concept, getting yeah. food through a car. Uh-huh. You know? Um, and my, my grandma took us to watch the Blues Brothers. That's crazy. Another pseudo inappropriate movie. Yeah. And I must have been eight (laughs) when the Blues Brothers came out. Yeah. And you're like, what the heck? The restrictions weren't there. Yeah. But there was a certain molding about that, which I love. Uh So before I get to your song, Mm -hmm. this. Okay. Happiness is mm-hmm. serotonin mm-hmm. For, for the listeners. I'm simplifying everything. Yeah. So happiness, you're always happy. You're going to experience strife, but you know how to attack things and you're happy. Yeah. Yes, this makes me feel happy, but uh-huh. um, dopamine is where it feels like a drug. It's like sex, good food. Mm-hmm. It's a combination of both. When I hear old music that I love when I was younger. Yeah. So we'll just close out like in in 30 more. No, this is dope. And I think like the walk in the streets of London. Yeah. So. What what melodies, huh? No, it's super dope. It's even got that electro funk sound. Sure. Too, you know, this is dope. Big part of the 80s, dude. Huge part of the 80s. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So I'm going to pop this down, and uh, you have a YouTube search for your first song? Actually, I have a Spotify. Or here. I'll okay. just give you the song. Put up... Uh, Is it see. on Spotify or YouTube? Uh, Spotify. If you okay. want to go to Spotify. this I'm going to start here just because he was almost like... Uh, this is a, a pretty obvious one, but you cannot just deny. James Brown, Funky Jumper. Ah, Fantastic. I, I mean, the most sampled. Yeah. Fucking. He's the Don Dada. Do you yeah. know if there's a, an ad that pops up? 
uh, on, I'm not sure about YouTube. I have it up on Spotify. Um, So I'm going to pop this up. Okay. So there is an ad. Okay, great. Yeah. But funky drummer, like, uh, James Brown was just a hero for many, you know, uh, for so many reasons. And his music was just that, just the epitome of funk. I think for our era, he's the guy that is hip hop because of mm-hmm. everyone that sampled from yeah. him. And there's a re it was just hard as shit, you know, like there's no denying funky drummer, you know? And, and you know, before the, uh, the song plays, uh, yeah. is this it? Funky drummer one it part one and two. So here, let's just use your uh, cell phone. Okay. Here. Yeah, I got it right here. This is a great one, man. May I ask you a couple of questions? Go, go for it. So, I'm curious how you first reacted, and then the next question you're going to ask is, as you got older and reassessed the song, how you think about it now. So, when you first heard this, or mm-hmm. during that time, mm-hmm. what, what was the feeling, or what was your reaction to it? I think... Uh my dad I've told you this before my my parents would throw parties all the time you know and when they would throw jams we were the household that everybody would come to bring records bring drinks and again 80s everyone's just partying having a good time you know um this is the shit that they were playing at house parties you know and I think James Brown not just the music was so dope it was funky it was super soulful it was unique there was nobody like him he was on point he ran his music like a drill sergeant and then on top of everything else um, he brought like a lot of uh, he made black people sort of like feel proud you know like one of his songs say it loud I'm black and I'm proud like he made you feel good to be black you know what I mean so beyond the entertainment, beyond the music, beyond the soul, there was that, he brought that added layer of upliftment to a people who felt marginalized, you know? Now, did, did this song come out in the 80s? 80s, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, this is 80s, yeah. Because, okay, I'm going to try not to go yeah. left too uh-huh. hard. So uh-huh. give, uh, uh, try to correct me too. Mm-hmm. The way a Filipino, mm-hmm. an immigrant uh-huh. that's non-black, uh-huh. loves hip hop and stuff like this, yeah. is via groove, yep. via connection to your body yep. and hourly connection, right? Yeah. For and I could be wrong, mm-hmm. the connection to African Americans, <laughs> a lot of it is like, dude, he's. Fucking trying to bring us up, man. Oh, yeah. Like, say it loud. Like, that whole... There, there's so much YouTube video out there for you guys. Like, with him at a Boston event yeah. where it's... Say it loud. I'm back. I'm black and I'm proud. Yeah. With, like, soul yeah. and funk behind it. Yeah. It was uh, something I admired as I learned. But I yeah. couldn't connect to it the same way African-Americans yeah. or blacks loved it. Yeah. Because there was a... 
societal connection to it instead yeah. of just like a musical yeah, appreciation. It's, so it's different. Seem, yeah, and that's, there was that added layer. So it's just everybody could connect to the music. There's no denying the music. But if you were black and in America at the time, you know what I mean? And someone came along, you see a successful black man running his own label, doing whatever the fuck he wants to do and having a good time doing it, dancing, carting, like, how do you not envy that? I mean, that's going to leave an impression on you, you know, and it left an impression on my parents and it left an impression on me seeing how this man affected my parents. You know what I mean? So, and it was just dope. And even though I didn't understand it as maybe like a kid, I, a groove is a groove. You know what I mean? Like, you feel a good beat and it was just bounce to it. You just bounce to it. It was just like, all right, I get it. We're rocking with this. So is that the same thing now that we're older and you can reassess the song or was there anything new or was it pretty much that was the hit? It just, it's, I don't know. Like looking back, maybe I look at it more from a political standpoint and I see just the politics in it and just Mm. how he uplifted it versus the music. But, But at the time it was just the music was dope. And I, whenever this guy was on at the house, everybody looked like they're having a great fucking time, you know? So I just associated this with house music or house parties and, and good times and people drinking and, and dancing and just acting a fool. You know what's interesting? You know? One more time, I this song uh-huh. is actually so ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. He's a chanter. Yeah. This is like instrument, like live instrument turn up. Yeah. You know, like yeah. the, the derision of what he's saying, it's not like a whole verse. Yeah. It's not like a stanza or 16 bars. Or, but it's just, it's the pockets of what he's saying. Yep. Say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. Yeah. That's all it needed. That's it. It was like a chant. Yeah. That's it. Rhythmic and just... Yeah, tribal. And just salt and pepper on a steak. I've said that so many times. Like, just, it doesn't need much. Just a little soul and just roll with it. Rock with it. Yeah, and, and, and the one thing is, uh, I hope, and this is this is totally age-driven, what I'm going to say. I hope people, younger people, doesn't have to be gen pop. Yeah. Look at that. Come on. There it is, dude. Ain't it funky? Woo! Ain't it funky? A one, two, three, four. There it is, dude. The chant and the turn up. That's it. And then to think that an entire genre of music being hip hop was based off of a moment like that. The breaks. You know, that breakdown. Let's just roll with that and rock with it because it's so sick. You know? That's how powerful that shit was, you know? And honestly, man, like... I I played or used the audio when Mr. Chalk was like, yeah, Run DMC may be old, but doesn't mean it's not good. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. No, Run... And it was hard when you saw... When you were talking about three songs from the 80s, that's hard because... So there many. was a lot of good Actually I do have one hip hop song from the 80s But we'll get back to that in time um, But it's like okay let's limit it You gotta pick like a hip hop song from the 80s A funk song from the 80s 
um, a soul song from the 80s. There's so many great songs. I mean, even if you go to like, um, again, the Oingo Boingos and Depeche Mode and Pet Shop Boys, there was, like you said, it was an age of experimentation. There was a lot of good shit across the board coming out. So that's really difficult. You know what I mean? No, and, and you know, because if you're a heavy consumer mm-hmm. or admirer of anything art, yeah, it's like, or like basketball, yeah. we'll go gen pop. Like, Top three players. That's tough. Yeah. The fuck? You know, but sometimes it's good because then we can like intensify. Yeah. Yeah. The track, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna let this fly. I'm gonna get another drink. Yeah, I'm done. You want one? Yep. Okay. Let's do it. Thank God you introduced me to white claws, dude. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Solid, dude. The biggest thing is my diabetes Mm -hmm. doesn't get affected. Dude, all that sugar cut out, you know? Is the camera still recording? Uh, Yes, it is. All right, right on. A good old. That has a no record limit, right? The Yeah, I have two hours. Oh, sweet. Something, two hours, 50 minutes. So sweet. let me. Cheers. Yeah, well, I got passion fruit right now. Boom. Oh, this is the shit, dude. So this next one. Mm-hmm. It's so funny because we did not talk about this in pre-production. We nope. talked about experimentation. Yeah. Um, this is a song that I imagined when I heard it, what it's like to party. Okay. And what I look forward to when I get older. Okay. And for this song to be big, um, I think I've said this before, there's underground and mm-hmm. then there's popular underground. Mm-hmm. Like popular underground is like Keitranada. Sango, um, Elusive, all those heads, right? But there's underground, underground. Mm -hmm. Like some of the songs that I played as snippets, which we're going to talk about in the next episodes, that's really underground. Mm -hmm. Like no one knows about this shit. But I can imagine, or I'm trying to imagine now, live in the moment, what New York felt like because Mm -hmm. the punk scene was coming out, the hip-hop scene, and then this artist, Madonna... Madonna, yeah. Came out and was like, fuck you guys, dude. Yeah. So this is, um, this is everybody. Yeah, Yeah, that's a jam. Mm -hmm. Like, I think the video is shot at a club, too. That's sick. It's funny, you really like that electro funk 80s sound. Like, you can blame the Philippines. Yeah, yeah, no, a lot for it. That was huge in my household, too, dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sh- dude, Madonna's the shit, dude. Like, yeah, but now we see her. Yeah. Yeah, she's killing it. Yeah. I mean, it's a chant, right? Yeah. Yeah. Get on the fucking dance floor. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And what I liked about this, because, you know, like hip hop was derived out of toasting, like the Jamaica sound system and that style. This was like her version of that. Wasn't trying to be hip hop. Nope. Had the 80 synth. Yeah. But it was like club music. Yep. And and for this to be big, it's kind of like, it was so dope, it had to blow up. Yeah. That's me looking now. No, it, yeah, it was undeniable. Like, everybody liked Madonna, dude. In the 80s, there's no... She was 
killing it. Like that yeah. material girl shit, yeah. fucking save a prayer. That mm-hmm. wasn't for me. Mm-mm. But this is kind of like, this was it. That was like raw Madonna, you know? It, yeah. You know, it, I think, you know uh, that group in the 90s that blew up a punk group, uh, Green Day? Yeah. Okay, so they were like underground darlings, right? Uh-huh. And the moment they charted, uh-huh. which for a punk group to even chart in the top 100, but let alone be like top five, yeah. they're like, fuck you, sellout. Yeah. But, you know, their old shit is like... Badass, Fuck huh? yeah. Yeah. But this is like... I mean, if you look at the video, dude, yeah. it's a video camera. Yeah. Zero depth of field. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was like big in the Philippine Airways. Yeah. No, it was big in American Airways. Sure, sure. You know, like it was big worldwide, dude. And for this to cross over with no internet into programming airwaves in, in Asia? Yeah. That says a lot, dude. Yeah. So this to me... Which in a way, like, you know how sometimes we talk about music and mm-hmm. I play a lot of more of the up-tempo stuff and yeah. you're more underground? Yeah. I am underground too, but yeah. you're more underground? Yeah. Like, this was like, this is like, to me, was the happy medium. Yeah. So yeah, like, this is, this is critical for like dance and yeah. production. Yeah. Dude. You know, we talk about harmony, melody, fucking mixing, balancing, mm-hmm. um, you know, not having too many highs, you know, fidelity. Yeah. So this was really big to me in going, dude, I, I can't wait to like an adult. Yeah. No, it's fucking, it's a gem, dude. To yeah. this day. So uh, because we've been homies for like 30 plus years, mm-hmm. I was worried about crossing over, but so far we haven't crossed over. No, but uh, and again, it's funny too, because uh, that the electro funk sound, which really even that all stems out of like you know george clinton funkadelic they you know that electro funk sound is sick dude it's super sick dude like funky but on synthesizers you know what i mean like different different than like the james brown funk this was funk but made on different kind of equipment you know that brought a whole different vibe and sound and so all of that stuff is very influenced by that you know and it the reason it's solid dude it's it's amazing, you know? Like, right. So, yeah. And and I thought it was pretty well balanced, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe because we're 90s hip-hop heads, probably a little bit more uh, lower end. Yeah. But, I don't know. I mean, this is this is still good. Oh, sick. You play this jam today in a club, it's still going to knock, and people are still going to lose their minds. That's As how powerful. That's how powerful that song is. That says a lot. It still holds to this day. And, and I think I mentioned it when um, on, on one of our few episodes for the first season is like when DJ Profit went from yeah. NXS to running up that hill by yeah. Kate Bush. It's like that's proof of uh, non-denial. Yeah. Did you want to use your phone for the next song? Sure. Okay. Let's do it. Cool. So um, while Nate's uh, plugging in his phone. So basically, I mean, I think the good point about sharing this is for someone younger just to run a Run with it. Yeah. Do your research. If if you can use our experience and knowledge for you to enjoy more genres, yeah. you know, I didn't get it into like fifth wave jazz mm-hmm. until I took a jazz class at Cal State Northridge. Yeah. Yeah. To me, jazz, I mean, I knew about like hard bop and Miles Davis. Yeah. 
But Fifth Wave and Hard Bop, it had to be an instructor. Yeah. No, jazz can get very academic, to be honest. Um, but at the end of the day, it was just great free form thinking on music, like a uh, flow of consciousness, just guys just caught up in a fucking zone and just seeing where it takes them. That's true experimentation. That's what I like about jazz. Right, you know? right. Um, you but, had something? Yeah, and I'm, I'm just going to go with this since you played a female artist. Let's uh-huh. stick with female artists. Okay. Ready? Oh, shit. Come on, dude. She would have been like my sixth. Yeah. That's just like... Oh, shit. Long intro, too. Look how smooth and the way it drops in right here. That, that bass line, dude. And just like you said, I like more down-tempo. You go more up-tempo. So this is like more, you know, me. Contrast. Like, yeah. So we just... Same sound, but just different tempos. So this is me as like... I like that feeling. Mm-hmm. Woo! Inside baseball, this is so Nathan. Yeah. Like, I, I picture you and your dad, Uncle yeah. Isaac. Yeah, this is all my dad, to be honest with you. This is him. This is the shit he was playing. How am I not going to not fucking get affected by this I'm like god damn like as a kid I'm like that's fucking tight just smooth dude the backup vocals of this god damn dude this is so you yeah this is so Nathan yeah mm-hmm. but you gave me that yeah female vocalist alright like this is Again, uh, there was a lot of great female singers out of that era, too. And Madonna, Patrice Sade, Sade, fucking Tina goes Marie. It goes on and on, dude. Like, yeah. Hmm. And you again, know- wait, and when you said 80s, that's what's hard again. It's like, okay, well, I have to pick like a funk song. James Brown. I have to pick a soul song, Patrice Russian, and of course, hip hop for me in the 80s was when it was really like, fuck, this is amazing. So then I have to pick a hip hop song, you know? But just, but it's, you know, it's like, it's hard, dude. There's so it's much, difficult. it's difficult. There's so but much good shit. It would have, you know what? Here's the thing mm-hmm. there's like a hosting, meaning yeah. podcast or broadcast hosting flex. Yeah. And discipline when you narrow it to less. Yeah. Because you become more poignant about sharing it. Yeah. But it's so easy, like, oh yeah, fucking Bhutan Clan, fucking Evelyn Champagne King, yeah, yeah. you know, fucking Prince. It's yeah. easy to do that. Yeah, yeah. But when you have to narrow it down, it's when it becomes you so you become so sniper mm-hmm. with your point. Yeah. So this is like. Yeah. This. You know what? This is also like. It was happy. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna fuck the shit out of you, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, classy, you know, like but also like some fuck shit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This had some a lot of fuck shit behind oh, it. Oh yeah, there's some pimp shit right here, dude. Dude, yeah. and not only that, like she's remembering past dick. Yeah. To this new guy, she's about to bang or yeah. hang out. You remind me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know how fucking insulting yeah, that could yeah. be yep. in context. Yeah, yeah. 
So, I mean, mm. there's a lot of complexity behind the woman's lyrics. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm mean, like, bitch. Yeah. What are you gonna do? I'm, I'm gonna fuck your brains out? Yeah. Well, not at 47 when you're diabetic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but you know what? Yeah. But you know, I, I don't want to be too overthinking about the lyrics. Yeah. But the lyrics is, yeah, very profound. Yeah. There's depth behind this yeah. lyrics. It's almost insulting, but it could be charming. Yeah, yeah. And it's, then you have this this harmony of her, and then this. Yeah, right here. Background vocals. Dude, That's what I was saying. Yeah, the background vocals of this. Fucking smooth, dude. And and it's very that's very rock and roll to let the 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 keys guy all yeah. right get down yeah go ahead, get solo down. yeah do your thing but just like you said you were talking about dopamine and serotonin this for me is that. is that done interesting done like everything's there for me like this song if someone drops us in a club. I know I'm not going to be the only one losing my mind because it's just like everybody who knows you're just this is undeniable dude well the other thing too is like when dopamine and serotonin hits mm-hmm. it's like forever yeah yeah it's un it's indelible it's it's I, I like I can't listen to particular songs that are dopamine based yeah. meaning they're just pleasure yeah like this it, it, if it's both a dopamine and serotonin rush this is forever in my palate make sure this is stopped and here I'm gonna s- switch over to you now yeah so um normally I wanna say KJLH was responsible for getting me into hip hop yep because uh, as I'd mentioned before there was a guy who mixed not in this particular order, mm-hmm. Jiggable Pie. Okay. I got sweated for my dress code by AMG. AMG. No. Uh-huh. And um, Benita Applebaum. Benita Applebaum was the closer for that. Yeah. Because it felt, this is kind of like floaty. Yep. That's smooth as shit. I mean, that, and like you said, it's not rap, it's like chanting. It's more chanting talking yeah you know what Le- you know I-, I won't play Benita Applebum, but um to me it was just a case of I think the one common thing you and I have is we like soulful sounds yeah so the use everybody of the, in the roads crew. everybody in the crew I'd say that yeah Fender Rhodes is yeah. probably responsible for creating Dilla yep Pharrell Pete Rock. Yeah. And like, you know, we played like an Anderson Pack and Mac Miller combo. Yep. Um, I forget the name of the song. But anyways. Um, but but that instrument is so integral yep. to um creating beautiful music now. Yep. Like even, you know, um, I can't help it. By Michael Jackson. Yep. Right? That's in, yeah. That's a. In the killer. 70s. Yeah. So while I was transitioning into hip hop, this one band was so critical on mm. making me distinguish because it was heavy metal. Okay. Right? And then when I heard this band, it was like, wait, wait, time out. This is 
the same anger, mm-hmm. but this was different. Okay. So it's public enemy fight the power. Oh, dude, that's hilarious, dude. I was, dude, go ahead, play it. All right. I, I like, I was almost like, that was one of the groups I was like, top three. Public Enemy might have to be in there. That's crazy that you... I'm glad you dropped it. Like, I, I was literally like, I, I might... It's... Go for it. Hell yeah. I never felt black angst. Uh-huh. You know, there's punk like Fishbone and, and, and all that shit, right? Yeah. But this was the first thing that made me curious mm-hmm. that led me to like Benita Applebaum. Okay. Jiggable pie. Yeah. Get sweated from this group was the one that was critical. The gateway drug. Absolutely. And yeah. I overdosed. Yeah. On the gateway drug. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you why. The connection of this to Spike Lee's do the right thing. Yeah. yeah. Because you can't be smooth all the time. Yeah. And this motherfucking song with Rosie Perez fucking dancing in the beginning and then you said the later part. Yeah. It didn't... It didn't make me look at like, oh, Beastie Boys is doing hip-hop shit. Uh And they're doing skater shit. Yeah. So it felt like that music. Not okay. in a derogatory, derogatory or pejorative way. Yeah. But it felt like that music. Gotcha. No, that fucking... I mean, there's so much you could say about public anger. This is now my music. Yeah. yeah because, this. like, you were early per this uh, conversation to grab into James Brown. Mm-hmm. I like James Brown because of the groove. Yeah. And it wasn't as fandom or fanatic like the way you did it. Yeah. Because for me, it was just like, groove, 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 yeah. move your head, your body. Yeah. But this is the one that was so responsible for me listening to lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. Talks about fucking John Wayne and fuck Elvis. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. Because, you know, being that young at 13, no, 12, mm-hmm. you're like, wait, Elvis is a legend. Yeah. Fuck John Wayne. Yeah. And this song made mm-hmm. me discover John Wayne acted as a Chinese guy in a movie. That's crazy. I didn't Genghis know Genghis Khan. <laughs> he played Genghis no Khan. No way, dude. That's fucking And crazy. that added anger and respect to public enemy. Yeah, these guys were fucking the truth, dude. That's it. That's all I can say about public. They the were truth. like the rally. Yeah. Because at this time, like, KRS One was cool. I saw it as that music. Yeah. Slick Rick. Okay, cool, cool. You know, you know, fucking money. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're so New York. Yeah. But this is the one that because I had, like, post punk, new wave, modern yeah. rock. I don't know if you remember yeah. that term, yeah. modern rock. Yeah. That was my first listenership of music. Yeah. And this was like, okay, I got it. Yeah. I get this hip hop thing. Let me hear some more shit. So, no, that's, I mean, and then look, pair it with a, the production of just even the name of their production crew, the Bomb, Bomb Squad. Squad, dude. I mean, come on, dude. And then you have militant dancers on stage, the S1Ws. I mean, 
there's just so many layers to that shit. No, and honestly, Public Enemy, I was like, fuck. Almost, huh? Almost, dude. Like, I was literally like, I might have to, something from Public Enemy, you know? Um, But funny how, like, literally musically, how just much we, like, think alike. Uh-huh. Okay. So same thing. On the same tip as, like, a fight the power and more conscious hip-hop. Okay. So now, okay, look. From the 80s, we've had different genres of music, funk, soul. New wave. New wave, right? Now we're both playing. Of course, we have to drop a hip-hop song for the 80s. So this song, for me, I remember just um, that concept of conscious hip-hop. Just like, again, Public Enemy. Same shit. I had to pick my conscious hip-hop song, right? And for me, as a kid, these lyrics specifically left... Uh, a pretty big impression on me because it was just so beautifully said. So I'll even say the lyrics to the song, a part of it. Um, let me just think about how to set this up. Is it so? This is hip hop. Actually, I'm just gonna play it. I'm not gonna even try to butcher it. Yeah. So this is my hip hop childhood '80s left a huge impression. Um, the lyrics, a lot of people be talking and talking, trying to show how black people are walking, but I don't walk this way to portray or reinforce stereotypes of today. This like all 80s. my, like all my brothers eat chicken and watermelon, talk broken English and drug selling. I just, this dude just fucking so destroyed you're it. you're a philosopher? Yes. 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 I think very deeply. I think very deeply. I think very deeply. I think very deeply. The teacher will begin to speak. I love the use of samples on the. What, where, why, or when? Display like instructions for the team. Yeah, I'm not saying. In fact, I'm kind of rational. Who is more dramatic? This one or that one, the white one or the black one. Pick the punk and I'll jump up to attack one. Right up to your face and diss you. Watch. Holy shit, you went conscious too. Watch. My philosophy. With poetry, you know it's me. I'm not flammable. I don't burn. I'm earning. When you rhyme like a soft punk, you walk down the street and you're junk. And gotta be original, or everybody's gonna wanna diss you. I know that I'm a top tip. My posse from the Bronx is thick. We wrote correctly. A lot of brothers try to forget me, but they can't. Hold on. Loose. I haven't told you. I got juice. I'll be back, but just down to a sample. His voice had the same power for me as like a Chuck D, you know? Just a, a booming, overwhelming voice. I want you to hear these lyrics, watch. Hold on. Mm-hmm. 
on steps in their hardest Cause I'm a teacher, your Scott is a scholar It ain't about money cause we all make dollars That's why I walk with my head up Just deep, dude, watch Hold on A lot of games A lot of suckers with colorful names I'm so and so, I'm this, I'm that huh. But they're all just wick, wick, whack <laughs> I'm just like, Dude, red, you're turning oh. dark skin on me right <laughs> yeah. now dude. From the Boogie Holy Down fuck. production, of course My lyrics be jumping I want you to hear this the one particular lyric watch about hip hop's coming up. I'm gonna be stack a rock. For the average New Yorker, can then talk it, trying to show how black people are walking. But I don't walk this way to portray or reinforce stereotypes of the day. Like all my brothers eat chicken and watermelon, talk broken English and drug selling. He's like, Good old Chris Wine. Dude, he's... Yeah. I, I didn't hear about Chris Wine. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't appreciate it. I heard about Chris Wine, like, in the late 80s. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really, like... Like, I thought, like, Step Into a World, mm-hmm. th- that Blondie thing. I was like, is he trying to be commercial now? Yeah. But when he dropped his verses, it was like, ah, oh, okay. He was, uh... Like, okay, there's, uh, to this day, right, people are very much into, like, metaphysics and stuff like that. I guess what makes him so unique is the reason people like Nas. Like, this kid that came out of, like, abject poverty. I mean, this guy was living in a group home when he met... Scott LaRock was his uh, group home counselor. You know what I mean? But... Even though this guy had no money, he was studying things like metaphysics and philosophy and and then to put that into like writing, just like Nas. That's why people like Nas for the same reason. He was like a street poet. For me, KRS-One was the original street poet. You know what I mean? And he had almost a similar parallel story to Nas out the projects of New York, everything. And just came out just with intelligence, knowledge, booming voice and just was crushing motherfuckers dude. like uh, yeah so i just love this thing. this is so uncanny how what got us into hip-hop is like the anger yeah yeah because if i didn't hear uh fight the power uh-huh. i think i would have liked Bonita Applebum is almost like an R&B thing. Yeah, yeah. Like a sexual hip-hop thing. Yeah. Versus, like, Fight the Power showed the spread, right? Yeah. I like Beastie Boys. I like... No, no, no. I admired Run DMC. Yeah. But it was like that music. Yeah. It wasn't like my collection. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, but... There's something about pain um, or anger that's interesting because, like, with the younger generation, they just want to turn up, fuck, and be R&B-ish. You listen to Drake, right? Yeah. You know, but ours, we were the ones, like, even to a fault, which Mm -hmm. is, I'm I'm saying this is our bad, too, in a sense. It's like, we're always angry. What are you rapping about how to MC and I'm a better MC? What, What is your point? Yeah. I... Or maybe to say it another way too is again we like music for the entertainment aspect. Or again, we're listening to Madonna, we're listening to Patrice Russian, we're listening to all these great, great songs that make us want to dance, right? But the idea of a song that makes you want to think, 
You know what I mean? While still being entertainment. In fact, KRS One was the one who coined or yeah coined the term edutainment because he was like educating. I didn't know that. Yeah, he had this term. You would push it like my music's about edutainment. He was trying to educate you and entertain you, right? And I think up until someone like him, I thought music was strictly entertainment. Fight the power, same thing. Maybe just entertainment. But then when you heard guys actually talking about something real and the anger, something you can identify with, that was like, oh shit, this is like, this is more than entertainment now. Like these dudes are like leveling me up. So that's the reason I'm like KRS-One. Like he was the first artist, like Run DMC you just mentioned. I thought Run DMC was hardest, literally hard as hell. Right. You know, like they were dope. Like their music was amazing, but they weren't necessarily educating me they were entertaining me but then when i heard something like krs1 it was like oh shit this is like on a whole other fucking level now you know right it's not knowing the african-american or black plight Mm -hmm. i was more uh listening to the groove and loving the musical genre yeah perhaps more production based and chant based yeah it came to lyrics but really public enemy brought like oh well it has a lot to do with us aging too right uh-huh. when you're young you're not gonna be super deep already yeah you're not gonna be reading Nietzsche well maybe yeah. this younger generation they have act so much access they could have been yeah. you know but it's tough to be philosophical philosoph- philosophy based uh-huh. when you're just discovering jacking off girls Nintendo games yeah, yeah. Uh, watching Bill Cosby you know yeah. whatever yeah facts of life yeah you know what I'm saying yeah. it, it, it's so tough still mm-hmm. so but yeah man what a great I mean we said 30 minutes but it's about 53 minutes cheers cheers man <laughs> signing off our yeah. first episode peace season 3 yes sir The Post Analog Podcast for Generation X. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.